1: stronger bill uh than the uh the it is it's a bill that we could have freestanding or a bill that is in the eagle act that is part of the um the um uh, mr Foreign affairs committee mr kendrick meeks you know <laughs> gregory meek bill <laughs> Kendrick, we're, we're, all, uh, we're all very sad about losing Carrie Meek this, this week, so uh, I referenced her son. But the chairman uh, Meek's bill in the, um, in the House, so we will have that. But you see, in a, def- a defense, in a bill whether it's in the we, whatever that thing's called that they have in the Senate or in a DOD bill. The Senate does not have the right to have a revenue or an appropriations
0: matter. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like
2: we are witnesses to the padded room, like there's a little hole in the door and we as an audience... We together, you and me, were looking in the little hole, you know, the little spy holes the attendants used to watch those who bounce off padded walls. And there's Joe Biden in there, and there's Nancy Pelosi in there, and some others in there. What did she say? Now, this is the Speaker of the House. When you consider she is the Speaker of the House with all the power that involves, just think about something Biden is there as president, or at least the putative president, followed by Kamala Harris, or at least the putative vice president, followed in line by the Speaker of the House, the putative speaker, Nancy, Eva, Stretch, Pelosi. Three of them. Now, among the three of them, they don't have an IQ over seven. So if Biden were to be removed or something happened, unfortunately, then we would have Harris. If the same happened to her, then we would have Pelosi. This is the greatest country on the face of the earth. Why do we do this to ourselves? The greatest country on the face of the earth, why do we do this to ourselves? And so, just for kicks, hat tip, Western Journal, we're going to do this one more time, the final time this morning, this afternoon, this evening, this evening, today, whatever, I'm doing my Pelosi. But listen to this. Cut 15, go.
1: It's the McGovern bill. It's a stronger bill uh, than the, uh, the. it is, it's a bill that we could have freestanding or a bill that is in the Eagle Act that is part of the, um, the, um, uh, Mr. The, the Foreign Affairs Committee, Mr. Kendrick Meeks. No, <laughs> Gregory Meek, Bill, Kendrick, we're, we're all uh, we're all very sad about losing Carrie Meek. This,
2: oh, she this. sounds very sad. She's laughing, isn't she, Mr. Producer? <laughs> oh, ha, ha. We're all very sad, Kendrick, about losing your mother. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. What a buffoon! Go ahead.
1: Her son, but the chairman. Meeks um, bill in the, um, uh, in the House. So we will have that. But you see, in a, de- a defense in a bill, whether mm-hmm. it's in the we- whatever that thing's called that they have it's in the, the Senate. The thing's
2: called the National Defense Authorization Act. That's the thing. For Biden, the thing is the Declaration of Independence. Those are the things. I want to congratulate the Democrat Party for providing America with this fantastic leadership. At exactly the right time in our history. This is like the old Soviet Union. Remember Reagan said, I want to negotiate with them, but they keep dying off. What he meant by that is, how can I negotiate with these people? They don't have two brain cells to rub together. Now, this is why I spent a lot of time with President Trump, so you could all hear how the man speaks when he's not under attack, when he's not interrupted, how he can fluently, brilliantly moved from subject to subject, not just in his own presidency, about analyzing what's going on in the country today. Now, these two people in a meeting, you can see why they're controlled by the hard left, if they're not, in fact, part of the hard left these days. And so this is really quite appalling. And yet this is who leads is the Speaker of the House. Now, I don't want to leave the House of Representatives yet, The Democrats, under this buffoon, Nancy Eva Stretch-Pelosi, they set up this January 6th committee. You heard John Eastman last night. He was brilliant and fantastic. And, of course, he makes the point that Politico's too stupid and the New York Slime's too stupid to even comprehend, but we don't care about them. And that is, she doesn't get to pick every member of a committee. She's in the majority. She's not in the minority, too. So she doesn't get to pick every member of the committee. So the point is, the Republicans get to pick their own members, right? Yes, the Republicans get to pick their own members. But she wouldn't allow it. And now Pelosi is determining what Republicans can even sit on committees. You know, they already voted Representative Green off her committees. And now they want to vote Representative Bobart. Is that correct, Mr. Producer? Bobert, I'll get it right one day. We'll even have her own one day. And I apologize for that. It's not intended. Bobert. Uh, Lauren Bobert. remember the first name? It's my daughter's first. That said. They want to vote her off committees now. Now when it comes to Omar, who is a Marxist, who hates America, hates Jews, and stands with Hamas among other terrorist organizations. And, of course, married her brother. When it comes to Talib uh, and her anti-Semitic rants and comments, when it comes to Swalwell, who literally sleeps with the enemy, Democrats in the past would never, ever have tolerated that. Franklin Roosevelt, Theodore, excuse me, uh, uh, Harry Truman, John Kennett, none of them. None of them would have toler- well, Obama would have tolerated it. And, of course, Clinton would have said, how can I get there? But anyway, that's a whole other story. And there he is sitting on the Intelligence Committee. The dumbest man in the House sitting on the Intelligence Committee. There you go. So they want to vote her off her committees. Well, I want to give a hat tip to Kevin McCarthy. He's about had enough of this. I'm looking for the cut, Mr. Producer. Help me out here. I want you to listen to this. Cut 14, Go.
3: This party is for anyone and everyone who craves freedom and supports religious liberty. Lauren Bulbert, as I called her when it came forward, we talked. She apologized publicly. She apologized personally. I contacted Steny Hoyer and um, even talked about maybe Steny and I should be in the room. We should lower the temperature of this Congress. We should work together and talk to one another. In disagreements and something goes astray, you apologize for it. Exactly what Lauren Boebert did. What's interesting to me, and I didn't get to watch Speaker Pelosi's press conference, did any of you raise the question when someone on their side of the aisle said, I work with the Ku Klux Klan, referring to Republicans? Did anyone on your side of the aisle talk about when Omar said, the only reason I support Israel is about the Benjamins? I never got a public apology or a phone call.
2: Why isn't Marxism treated as bad as neo-Nazism or I'll coin the word Klansism? Why is that? Why do they get a pass? Should we not detest all of them? And so I lied. Actually, I made a mistake. I said I wouldn't do this again. But since I just heard Kevin McCarthy say, Mr. Producer... He did not hear Nancy Pelosi's press conference, didn't he say that? Well, here it is, Kevin. Go. It's the McGovern
1: bill. It's a stronger bill uh, than the uh, the. It is. It's a bill that we could have freestanding, or a bill that is in the Eagle Act, that is part of the um, the. Mister. Um, uh, foreign affairs committee mr kendrick meeks no <laughs> gregory meek bill, kendrick we're, we're all uh, uh, we're all very sad about losing carrie meek this this week so uh, i referenced her son but the chairman uh meeks bill and the um in the house so we will have that Stinger. but you see in a, def- a defense in a bill whether it's in the we, whatever that thing's called that they have in the Senate, or in a DoD bill, the Senate does not have the right to have a revenue or an appropriations matter.
4: What are they?
0: Can it get a The ghost track.
3: The, uh, they have an. <clears throat> it
0: costs when if you they just gave you gave them with the the. Withdraw bringing U.S. home troops from home
5: and 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 the 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 you know you know uh,
0: you know, uh, you, know, you 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 need somebody wait so uh, what finally wh- and, uh um
4: oh, i of 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 un,
6: uh, of
1: budget about budget
0: but resist we much. we must and we will much about that. Be
3: committed. I I, 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 I'm, I'm a warrior.
7: <laughs> um, you know the, the that it was.
0: did I mean, they, they, they said that. Look, the, 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 the. Yeah, the, was it was it him?
3: What? I, I, I didn't. If, 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 we, if we, you know, it. it uh, you know, it,
5: it, it, it,
1: it. We can walk and chew gum.
5: We hold these truths to be self-evident: all men and women created by go You know the you know the thing. True international pressure.
7: Been impeached for inciting the erection. Donald John Donald John Trump incited the
6: erection insurrection.
5: And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, to <clears throat> private uh, private uh, 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 economic. Uh, Uh,
2: in today's digital age where cyber threats loom larger than ever safeguarding your personal information is paramount So Pope Francis, extraordinarily radical left political pope, he's no John Paul II in my view. Look, I'm not of the Catholic faith, but he's talking about the whole world and what the whole world should be doing, not just Catholics. And he's very disturbed about the conditions in these advanced industrialized countries such as they are, regressing and degrowthing, may I say, And he believes that immigrants should be allowed into these countries. So I have a solution. May I call on Pope Francis? May I call on the Pope to open the gates to the Vatican? And I encourage all you illegal aliens in the United States of America, why don't you go to the Vatican? In fact, all the peoples, all the peeps of the world, who wish to go somewhere other than the hellholes they live in, but don't call them hellholes the advanced hell holes they live in, may I encourage you all to go to the Vatican. Now, at the Vatican, we have individuals who are dressed in medieval garb with these really big, what do you call those things? Not spears, but whatever they are. And the big hats, and I'm all for pomp and circumstance. I really am. For instance, I'm one of the few probably in America, although maybe I'm not one of the few, who likes the monarchy, in Britain. I'm not talking about governing, they, they absolutely are uh, not involved in governing, there are certain traditions they go through, but I like it, because otherwise Britain would just be, you know, Germany, and a weak Germany, so who needs another one of those? So, I just want to encourage all illegal aliens from all parts of the world, head for the Vatican, because Pope Francis welcomes you with open arms. If he can climb the walls and get through the gates and get through the guards, he welcomes you with open arms. Now Joe Biden decided, with the holidays coming and he wanted to have a little levity at his press conference today, such as that was, that he was going to do his best imitation of Lauren Bacall. Of Lauren Bacall. Some people have said to me, "Do you think Joe Biden's transitioning because his voice I said, "Hey." Don't go there, that's not nice. That's disrespectful. And it's not PC, so I cut that off immediately, so to speak. No, I think it's better to say he sounded today a lot like Lauren Bacall, which raises the question. Does Joe Biden have COVID nineteen, aka the Wuhan virus, aka the China virus? Does he? Did he? Does he have a variant? We don't know. The medical records are kept at Fort Knox. We don't know. We don't know what medicines he's taking. So Peter Doocy, the deuce. The deuce. He zones in on this. Cut one, go.
5: Your voice sounds a little different. Are you okay? I'm okay. I have a test every day to see a COVID test. No, that's not a a COVID test.
2: That is a... Competency test. When they hold up three fingers and say, "How many fingers am I holding up?" That's not a COVID test, Joe. That is a competency test. Nonetheless, go ahead.
5: All strange. What I have is a one and a half year old grandson who had a cold. Who likes to kiss his pop, <laughs> and he'd been kissing in my anyway. So, uh, but it's just a cold.
2: It's just a cold, ladies and gentlemen. I thought a cold was one of the telltale signs of the virus. I could have sworn I heard Fauci say, Fauci say today on Fox, I thought he said, if you start to sound a gravelly voice like Lauren Bacall, the late, great Lauren Bacall, then you better get tested. I don't mean one of the Abbott tests, I mean tested, where all the orifices are checked out. I'm suspicious. What's going on with Joe Biden's voice? I'll be right back.
7: Mark Levin, tough as
4: hell.
2: That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But
0: I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811.
2: You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've touched on this before, but let me underscore the point on this Friday. Our corporations, not all, but so many, are the most unpatriotic, un-American corporations in American history. I'll even broaden it. Businesses. We have massive hedge funds. ...that have invested wildly in Communist China. You have this guy Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio, I think he heads Bridgewater. I think he founded Bridgewater. He defends their massive investments in Communist China. He's a multi-billionaire. You have, of course, virtually every sporting league in America but for the Women's Tennis Association. You have our major networks, many of their personnel have taken junkets to China indoctrination trips. You have NBC, hence Comcast, MSNBC and their ilk, who are taking an enormous amount of money by paying China an enormous amount of money to exclusive broadcasting rights to the Communist Chinese Slave Olympics. Call it the Slave Olympics because there's about 2 million Uyghurs in concentration camps. And isn't it amazing that this American Jew speaks out more for the Uyghurs than care? Isn't that amazing? Care spends more time condemning Israel condemning Israel's survival, hence the Jews, that it does condemning the communist Chinese who are slaughtering, enslaving, torturing, raping Muslims. Ah, the nature of Marxism, that's the way it works, I suppose. If I'm wrong about that, somebody from CARE, please call in and by all means correct me. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have a discussion with you. So we have the most unpatriotic, the most un-American corporations this nation's ever seen. Businesses. All walks of life, all geographies, all backgrounds. Run by Republicans, run by Democrats, run by eunuchs, whatever. Whatever. They hate Donald Trump and his supporters. They hate the Republican Party. They hate capitalism more than they hate mass murders. Now, we know this in the case of the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party had an opportunity to vote for a bill uh, that would sanction businesses that did business with China uh, if those products were made by slave labor. The Democrats opposed it. Now, why would you oppose that? Why would you oppose that? Pretty amazing. They have in their build-back doofus bill, all kinds of subsidies to unions. And if you're non-union, you don't get these subsidies. And yet they subsidize communist China, which has used our technology, the money out of our corporations, to build what what is becoming the most powerful military force on the face of the earth. They're going to use our rope to hang us. Isn't that what Khrushchev said, or one of those commies? It's exactly what they're doing. And so they laugh when they see a guy like Swalwell. When the Intelligence Committee, who they own, they own Swalwell. They own him, they have pictures of him, there's no question in my mind about it. Eric, if that is your name, Eric, Eric Xi Jinping, Swalwell, please feel free to call the program and deny These microphones are open to anybody, even reprobates like him. But I'm very serious about this. You folks have an opportunity in this next election cycle. Anybody who has helped to enrich China, I don't care what their excuse. You should not vote for, period. Let me put it to you bluntly, and I hate to be the one to say this. We're on a path, a path to war with China. We didn't provoke it, they're provoking it. We're in a path to war with China. Some people saw the rise of the Axis powers, some people saw the rise of the Third Reich, some people saw the rise the Communist Chinese, some people saw the rise way back when, the Communist Russians. We are on a path to war with Communist China. You've heard it here first. People have been dancing around it. Look at what China's doing. If we go to war, if this, but for that. No, China is preparing for war. They launch more rockets than the rest of the world combined. I just read that yesterday. They have a thoroughly modern nuclear missile force, as ours is aging. They have the largest navy on the face of the earth, as ours is rusting. They have a military that is utterly and completely socially engineered to create human robots, who will do anything. We have a military, the weakest generals and admirals, probably in the modern history of this country, who are busy indoctrinating our military and our personnel about hating America and how racist America is. So tell me, who's poised to win this war? Why do you think the communist Chinese are busy in space? Because they want the best pictures of the stars? No, they have militarized space. They militarized space. They want to knock out the electrical grid. They want to knock out our GPS system. Our entire communications ability, pretty much. Not just as a people, but as a military. Technology has always been our advantage. But what now? Will technology be our advantage? As Joe Biden celebrates Christmas with his Lauren Bacall voice... Our enemies are celebrating Joe Biden as the putative commander-in-chief. Our enemies are celebrating Austin and Milley, who left American citizens still in enemy territory in Afghanistan, and our allies too. They're celebrating Pinken, who has done everything he can to sell out and appease the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran that is building Nuclear missiles, and they're close, according to Biden's own generals, four-star McKenzie. All these guys should have lost one of their stars. After Afghanistan. Even Russia, that has an economy the size of Texas, is building hypersonic weapons and other weapons... That are technologically beyond ours. Have we lost our will? I don't think you and I have. But I think the very people who are destroying this country from within will make it impossible for us to defend this country from without. And they have their media in their back pocket. See, I worked in the Reagan administration. I remember Ronald Reagan's position when it came to defense, when it came to military spending. I remember one of the greatest secretaries of defense in the history of this c- country, since we've had secretaries of defense, Casper Weinberger. Yes, I remember those days. I remember when we had an incredibly competent cabinet, a cabinet of patriots, a cabinet of men with experience, including my mentor and former boss Ed Meese, so they tried to destroy Destroy one of the most ethical and decent human beings I've ever known. They tried to turn him into something he isn't. But we're used to this now. We're used to it. While Comcast is promoting somebody like Joy Reid, a racist, and Tiffany Cross, another racist, and Al Sharpton, and Joe Scarborough, a dim-witted slob, May I say with all due respect, not. While CNN is, is a joke, while Jeff Mother Zucker puts the weakest, stupidest people he can possibly think of on television, who don't even know how to keep their pants up and their mouths shut, the nature of the American media. While the NEA and the AFT And the National School Boards Association and the National Superintendents Association or whatever these fools call themselves. Are destroying our educational system. Destroying support for this country at the youngest age as possible. Pushing racism and Marxism and all the other isms. They don't do that in other countries. And you and I are paying for every damn piece of it. Now they want to pass a bill where you and I pay for more of it. For much more of it.
8: We'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
2: Give me a little inside baseball. One of the reasons that we may not have as many guests as others isn't ideological. I like to do the show. I prepare for the show. There's a lot of content to get to in three hours. Three hours isn't really three hours when you count the breaks for news and national news, local news, commercials, and so forth. All of which are wonderful, but it cuts back the amount of time. And so when you have a guest, it cuts it back further. So the guest really has to be meaningful. But there's, there's a second reason. It's a secondary reason. I don't have guests on because they're governors or senators. If I want a senator on or a governor on or a congressman on or whatever on, it's because it relates to something relevant today, something that's happened today, whether it's in the news or not in the news. So I don't tell them two, three days in advance, hey, we'd like you to come on next Tuesday, next Wednesday, to work around their schedules. And I can tell you that most of these politicians, when they're invited on TV, they never require, never, that the bookers give them two or three days' notice, do they, Mr. Producer? Two or three days' notice. How absurd is that? How ridiculous is that? So I've decided where we run into situations like that, which is not that often, but often enough, we're not inviting them anymore. If they want to come on, they can ask us. Because I'm not going to drag down the the relevance of this program. I'm not in the business of promoting personalities. I don't believe in that. We're about substance here. This is too precious of a format. It's the second biggest radio show in America. And this is the other thing. Communications directors, press people, politicians don't understand. I will have more listeners on this show tonight on Friday night than will appear anywhere on TV. Anywhere. On TV news, I should say. Anywhere. Rush understood this. We understand this. Trump understood this. Reagan understood this. So the politicians, quote unquote, out there who don't understand it, it's shocking to me. It is absolutely shocking to me. So, you'll see a show here and there, maybe they'll have 2.8 million viewers or 3.2 million viewers, and then they have a demo. Are you kidding me? We have well over 14 million listeners a week. Do you know what that means? That doesn't mean you divide 14 million by five. That's people who come in day in, day out. You could have five, six, eight million people listening at one time. At one time. And so we don't beg these people to come on. We give them a couple of shots, and that's it. If they want to come on, they let us know. I'm, by the way, I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I'm just making a point. And a lot of these folks are folks who we helped. Right, Mr. Beducer? Early on, when they, they, were, were, they were kind of nascent politicians, or they were trying to, to, to move up the ladder and so forth and so on. Some of them are just terrific in reaching out. The most committed among them. I'll give you one example. There's several, but one. Mike Lee. Mike Lee is a fighter, man. Mike Lee wants you to know, this radio audience to know what's going on in Washington. He wants you to engage. He wants you you to support liberty. Now, he's one of several. Don't get me wrong. And so a Mike text me or something like that i said well why don't you come on he doesn't say "No, no no i need three days notice and this is a guy who has to fly back and forth from utah and has a big family too i'm just making the point Three eight one one. You know, for all the talk about all the police tactics, I don't mean good blue line police, but the police state tactics that uh, Biden talks about, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. He doesn't do anything effective. He doesn't do anything substantive on the science. What are they going to do on the science? What are they going to develop? First of all, first of all, when it comes to this, this latest, the uh, Macron virus, I know it's the Omicron. The Macron virus, or the variant, when it comes to that, all right, let, let, let's do it this way. I want you to listen very, very carefully when people talk about this, particularly the so-called news operations, but also the left. I want you to listen very, very carefully when Biden, Fauci, and the others talk about it all weekend long, very carefully. You know what they're going to talk about? Are they going to talk about hospitalizations when it comes to the Macron variant? No. Are they going to talk about deaths? No. They're going to talk about cases. Cases. If the cases are not leading to severe medical conditions, to hospitalization, to ventilators, if the cases are not leading to death... then why are we worked up about it? Now, I say this as somebody who's vaccinated, who got the booster, who wears a mask. I wear a Nancy Pelosi mask, to be honest with you, Mr. Producer. I do. Scares the hell out of everybody. Even the virus. No, it's true. Anyway, that's like saying to me, you ready, Media Matters? You ready, Mediaite? If... As the South Africans say, and seven other uh, nations in Africa, black nations in Africa, who are appalled by what uh, Joe Biden, the longtime former segregationist, is doing, and the Democrat Party that supported slavery, segregation, and Jim Crow, the Democrat Party that wouldn't vote against slavery and genocide in communist China just the other day, that party. My point is this. They're only going to talk about cases. They're only going to talk about cases. Look at this. We're now at six. We have six cases. For all I know, there's 6,000 cases. That's only six cases they've identified. Lots of people will walk around with this. They'll think it's a mild flu, or they'll walk around like Joe Biden, excuse me, shuffle around like Joe Biden, talking like Lauren Bacall and think something's happened. Maybe their pants are too tight. I don't know. But notice they're not saying the McCrone variant is deadly. They're either saying it is extremely mild, quote unquote, from the South African expert doctor who actually practices, severely mild, or just mild. And so they're all ready with all their mandates. They're all ready. And so you should ask, how many people have been hospitalized as a result of this? How many people have died as a result of this? Whether in Africa, in these eight countries, that have been targeted. Because clearly Joe Biden is a racist. Clearly Joe Biden's a bigot. Clearly Joe Biden hates black people. Now this is what they did to Trump for months and months and months. Clearly he hates Asians. Clearly because he wants a wall he hates Hispanics. And on and on and on. Well, you know what? I'm sick of only them being able to do that. And so here... What's good for the goose is uh, good for the Marxist. And so we have this issue. And so we have this Macron variant. And uh, so you're going to hear them talk about cases, the number of cases. We're concerned about the number of cases. Well, tell me, how many cases of uh, hemorrhoids are there in this country? Mr. Bidoucer, you're the sort of the quasi-expert on this. Mm. He doesn't know. Here I rely on him, he doesn't know. But, okay, but that has, it matters just as much. Because if this variant effectively produces no severe negative consequences, I'm not even sure what the point is. Now, obviously a virus that kills people, a virus that says, I got that, I understand that, but I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. So uh, I see uh, Anthony Fauci was on with our friend Neil Cavuto today. I don't think Dr. Fauci will come on the show anymore. You want to give it a shot, Mr. Bedusa? I just want to ask him in a very polite and professional way only about the the Omicron variant. That's all. That's that would be my entire. F- Last time they wrote us a, a very terse one sentence, didn't they? I think it started with the word now. Now we can't do that. No. Uh, what about yes? Now, Sam Stein, apparently, uh, is at Politico. Never heard of him before, neither have I. He was on with the morning schmo. Ever watched that show? No. As a matter of fact, I should have pulled those ratings numbers out. It's hysterically embarrassing. They have, as the scientists say, extremely mild ratings. Why do people go on with the morning Schmo? Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. So Sam Stein, who nobody knows at Politico, which nobody reads, he's on with the morning schmoe And he has a thought, very important thought. Cut eight, go.
7: I mean, it's partially because of misinformation. I, I don't want to uh, uh, understate that. I think a lot of people are confused, uh, even though there's... Now, plenty of anecdotal data, if not overwhelming data, to suggest that it's completely safe, if not really important to get
2: vaccinated. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It is completely safe. Now, we know for some people it's not safe in the least. We know for some people it is a religious objection. And we know for some people they don't need it because they have natural immunity. Which every scientist who doesn't work for the federal government, every scientist who isn't on the federal payroll, every scientist that doesn't work for this administration will tell you, is more effective than any of the vaccines. The Israelis have said so. The New England Journal of Medicine has collected the various surveys around the world. They say so. It's not me. So this is the kind of very stupid people that a very stupid person, the morning schmo, brings on his show. These are political reporters. These are political people. These are political hacks interpreting science for you and then laughing at themselves as they go along. Go ahead.
7: That vaccinations have become a token of a political identity, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you try to but. go unvaccinated is to prove your conservative bona fides. Well, no, that's what
2: I now, Now, hold on a second. A significant percentage of the population of people of color particularly blacks and particularly in the cities are among the unvaccinated are they conservatives are they proving their conservative bona fides are they trump supporters no they're democrats and they're biden supporters they support the democrat party. just look how they lie even about the politics it's all about politics with these guys Maybe Sam Stein should be asked real questions, like how do you account for the fact that Florida is number one and Texas is number four in terms of their success in controlling the coronavirus right now, right now as I speak, and that California is among the worst and so are so many of the the North Korean-style blue states. How does he account for that science and data? Don't ask him. Speaking of which, so we have Brzezinski, of the famous Brzezinski family. Her dad used to work for Jimmy Carter. The most, the most preposterous president until Joe Biden, may I say. Go ahead.
4: Push around misinformation. Right. I you think see, that's...
2: right. You see... It's Fox and talk radio and Newsmax and OAN pushing around all the false information. You know, like Russia collusion and stuff like that. Or that a baby in the womb isn't a baby. What do the science say about that? Huh, Sam? Can I call you Sam, Sammy? What do they say about that? Is it a baby or is it a choice, Sam? What do the sonogram show? Chop liver or a human being, Sam? Come on, Sam. How about you, Brzezinski? How many Z's? Three, four, eight? I don't know. I'm just curious. Pushing misinformation and disinformation. That's what you clowns do every damn day. Every damn day. Very simple question, Sammy. And Brzezinski? Mika? Is there natural immunity or not? Yes or no. Are there people who have serious, substantive religious issues with this? Yes or no. Are there people with maladies who can't do this? Yes or no. Let me ask another question. If you're all vaccinated, and I assume you are, and I don't mean rabies, Sammy. If you're all vaccinated, why do you care? Because if the vaccine works, it doesn't matter if the person next to you is vaccinated or not. What's the problem, Sammy, at politico? These are the autocrats. Go ahead.
7: The the degree to which they're like intertwined at this juncture yeah. is truly scary. And yeah. I thought I thought about this a, a little bit. Like, what if,
2: who's doing the Ed McMahon there? Is that Mika Brzezinski? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. You could have a parakeet in there. You don't need her. Uh, uh, Sam. How do you explain the minority communities where there's significant number of people who won't get vaccinated when you're attacking trump and trump support this is the problem folks this is why you detest these people this is why these networks are dead this is the joke about the quasi pseudoscience that so much of this is about how does it end up how does their entire segment end up attacking you and attacking trump that's all they know why they're mental patients i'll be right back in. You now Alex Berenson is actually quite remarkable. He spent a lot of his professional career at the New York Times. And now in many respects, he's off on his own, hated by so many people who live and work at the New York Times. And Alex, by the way, don't worry about that. They covered up the Holocaust for about six years, but I'm just pointing that out to you. Now, Alex is a smart guy, looks at data, looks at the research. He does what a governor is supposed to do. He does what decision makers are supposed to do, and he gives us the information. He's got no reason to push this one way or another. He's not a Trump hater, not a Trump lover, not a Biden hater, not a Biden... I don't even know what his politics are. So Alex Berenson has a new book out called Pandemic, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government, Rights, and Lives. And Alex, before I bring you on, I want you to listen to this. They talk about misinformation. Well, I want you to listen to this by Sam Stein at Politico. On the Morning Joe show on MSNBC, cut eight, go.
7: I mean, it's partially because of misinformation. I, I don't want to uh, over- uh, understate that. I think a lot of people are confused, uh, even though there's. Now, plenty of anecdotal data, if not overwhelming data, to suggest that it's completely safe, if not really important, to get vaccinated. But I also think it's obvious that vaccinations have become a token of a political identity, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you try to go it. unvaccinated is to prove your conservative bona fides. Well, that's just that's, another way
4: to push around misinformation.
7: Right. I think that's true. But the the degree to which they're like intertwined at this juncture yeah. is truly scary. And I yeah. thought I've thought about this it's a little bit. Like, what if what happened? Well, what if Trump were in office right now? And pushing vaccinations.
4: But please tell me. Would we be in
2: a much better place? I think so, actually. Now, Alex Berenson, is there even a syllable of science and substance in this discussion? It's all politics and it always ends with Trump. Yes. So
5: so we're completely safe. What, What planet is he living in? Okay. Even the FDA and CDC have acknowledged that these vaccines can cause myocarditis, which, you know, is potentially very serious heart inflammation in you know in healthy young men so so and there's and there's tons there's literally now tens of thousands of reports of deaths following vaccinations now that doesn't prove that the vaccinations caused all those deaths let's be clear about that but the idea that this that this vaccine is completely safe is nonsense i do agree with him in one way actually though which is if trump were president and trump were pushing these vaccines mm. the news media would be doing a much better job questioning their safety yeah. and before i was kicked off twitter Somebody said to me, if Trump were still president, CNN's feed would look like Alex Berenson. And I said, that might be true. Here's what I know is true. My feed would still look like mine because all I care about is the data. I don't care who's president. I don't care who's pushing this. I care whether or not these vaccines are safe and what data we have to show they're safe. And, you know, I, I, I can't emphasize that enough.
2: You're the expert, and you really are. You've become an expert on this. And I don't mean technically a medical expert, but the expert looking at the data and the arguments and the surveys and all the rest. For months, I tried to find on the CDC website the number of people who have natural immunity, the antibodies, and I couldn't find it.
5: Isn't that a big deal? It's a, it's a very big deal. Um, and you're absolutely correct. You, you can't find it for, for even, listen, Europeans are doing a lot of things worse than we are right now, but they are at least acknowledging the existence of natural immunity, which for some reason, our you know, political and scientific establishment won't do. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the two things that should, that should make you question the most what is going on here are, why won't they acknowledge natural immunity? And why are they so desperate to get children vaccinated when children are at basically zero risk from this. And there was another data point, another study that came out, an incredible study out of Germany showing that, and I'm not exaggerating this, not one healthy child from the ages of 5 to 18 died of COVID. Germany has 80 million people. Not one healthy child or adolescent died in the first 15 months of COVID of the epidemic. Isn't
2: that incredible? It's incredible. So why ignore it? Because they're listening to the national education.
5: Because of the politics, right? Well, so... So, you know, when I when I wrote Pandemia, and the good thing about writing a book like this, and by the way, our books are currently competing at the top of Amazon, I'm, I'm excited to say, although American Marxism has been out a lot. Well, longer, hold on, let me
2: let me say so, something. You're going to be up there a long time after this interview, brother. Uh, we'll make sure. I,
5: I, I, I hope so. I hope so because people need to read this book. but in 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 in, see, in writing this book, what was so amazing to me was to see the lies and the misstatements that these people from Fauci on down uh, have made month after month after month, and even giving them the benefit of that, the mistakes they've made, the miscalculations they've made, that the, that the media has not called them on. And so it is no wonder at this point that a huge swath of the country, not just conservative Republicans, is done listening to them. When you read the book, you see how we got here.
2: Now here's the other thing, Alex. I had understood, if I mind, I'd like to keep you over the break. This is There's too much here yeah, to do ahead. in seven minutes. So my, my question is this. I thought a significant number of people in minority communities were skeptical of the vaccine. It's not just Trump. And, and, of course, Trump is not skeptical, but Trump supporters. They talk about conservatives. Those aren't conservatives. I mean, why do they? Am I right or wrong about that? No, no, you're, you're
5: absolutely right, Mark. And thank you for pointing that out. Uh, vaccine hesitancy is highest in the African-American community. And by the way, there's good reason for that, too. African-Americans remember Tuskegee. That was a yeah. horrible scientific experiment and so they of course they're hesitant they know that the scientific establishment is not always looking out for them
2: folks this is fantastic you really need to get it on amazon.com right now i'll pronounce it properly pandemia how coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives we're not saying don't get vaccinated if that's what you and your doctors say we're talking about the iron fist of government the book is called pandemia you can get it at amazon.com
0: America's Tyranny Hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Folks, uh,
2: Pandemia, I love that name. Pandemia, how coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives. This is a very, very important book. People are going to look back on this book 10, 20, 50, 100 years from now. And it's by Alex Berenson, one of the few people who can write something like this because he's got very thick skin. He's coming under attack from former colleagues and others. And this is what they do. They try to pigeonhole you. Oh, you must be a kook. And they don't want to get the information. Alex, I want to ask you about Omicron. Now, what the hell is this? All I keep hearing about are the number of, oh, we have one case. We got six cases. I notice they don't talk about hospitalizations. They don't talk about deaths. I notice they blocked off eight african nations they came forward south uh, south africa they wait a minute unlike china we told you what we have it is to quote them extremely mild what's going on now
5: well i mean i think there's a you know this is a slight possibility there's a real thing But the much greater likelihood is that this is just a desperate effort to explain away vaccine failure and to try to get people to take boosters. Okay. And once again, you're seeing the media act in concert rather than ask hard questions, right? Why this variant? Why now? Instead, You know, the New York Times and everywhere else is on the same page. All the social media companies are on the same page. They're trying to promote hysteria. They're trying to scare people into, you know, into taking boosters because clearly in the United States, vaccine uptake has basically stopped. And a lot of people who did take the first two shots don't want to get boosters totally reasonably because they thought in the spring that if they got their shots, this would end, and it clearly hasn't ended. And so, uh, you know, it's very hard for me not to be incredibly cynical about this variant.
2: And how do they, these scientists who look at data, they say, and these these media outlets that are obviously trying to get to the truth, how do they explain Florida versus California? I mean, they were trash. And and let's keep out of the politics, that's fine. But Florida, Florida's like a free country. I mean, people are walking around... I see people walking around here. California, it's like North Korea. Everybody's in a hovel. They're afraid to move, and the, the churches are being... How do you explain the two and the two results?
5: Well, first of all, let's be clear. Florida had a lot of deaths over the summer, yes. right? So all you heard about was Florida over the summer. But now that things are better, it's like it doesn't exist. right? This is what they do. They highlight, uh, you know, a portion of the facts that they that they want to highlight, and they once things get inconvenient and negative, they they forget to talk about it anymore. And you know, I've been kicked off Twitter, okay, and it's stunning to me that I've been kicked off Twitter essentially for being right, okay, essentially for asking questions about the vaccines that people don't want to answer. And I'm not talking about strange conspiracy theories like they're going to magnetize you. I'm talking about here's what the data says. Why did we, you know, why aren't we talking about the potential risks of a booster instead of just saying, oh, it's gonna increase your antibodies. Well, that's true, but we don't know what the long-term impact of that might be. And that got me kicked off Twitter. And you know, I'm fortunate. I got this book out, Regnery, which is a conservative publisher, published Pandemia. And you know, and I have a sub stack. I have an account that, you know, that people can go to and read my writing directly. They can read unreported truths directly. But I am banned from Twitter which is arguably the most important journalistic medium of our time. And I don't understand this.
2: Let me let me uh, give you a little bit of uh, con- uh, uh, confidence here in this respect. I quit Twitter a year and a half ago. I quit <laughs> Facebook a year and a half ago. They're not in my lives. They kept giving me scarlet letters. I kept going, All I'm doing is linking to real stories, talking about them. I don't know who these people are behind the curtain, but I'll be damned if I'm going to be treated like a third grader and get my hands slapped all the time by invisible people. So I told my audience, get the hell out of here. I'm out of here. And I'm going to tell you something, Alex. You're successful in spite of them. You're read and listened to in spite of them. There's new media. There's new platforms. They're blooming every day. There's this form and so forth. And first of all, I should apologize to you. I haven't had you on enough. But that said, uh, we'll correct that. Folks, you ought to get this book. It is a great book. Pandemia, how coronavirus hysteria took over our government. Now, how did it take
5: over the government? Well, how did it take over the government? Have you noticed that, I yeah. mean, first of all, the U.S., we don't actually know how bad it is in, in Europe and in Australia and in New Zealand. In those countries, they really are sliding into a kind of medical fascism. I, there are videos out of these internment camps in Australia, which are stunning. But it took over our government because Donald Trump— didn't say to Tony Fauci, I am in charge. You are not in charge. I am the president of the United States. I will make the decisions." And fundamentally, that was the mistake at the beginning. And the analogy I always use is, Robert Oppenheimer was a brilliant scientist, but he didn't decide to drop the atomic bomb. Harry Truman did. Science is a tool for policymakers, and that was forgotten a year and a half ago and it remains forgotten and We need to change that that you know that 's what the book is about that 's what pandemic is about it 's about all these mistakes that we made that we have not corrected
2: and let me add this to you: we have genius scientists and practicing doctors you know it's interesting the head of the Science, whatever they call it over there in South Africa, actually practices medicine every day. Uh, Fauci hasn't practiced medicine in like 50 years. All that said, we have people out of Stanford, out of Yale, we have people out of Oxford, out of the Rockefeller Cup. We have really, really smart people who study these things, this area. This is their expertise. They teach it. They write books about it. They write scholarly papers. They write for medical magazines all over the world and so forth and so on. They're ignored. It's like they don't exist. Shouldn't Fauci bring them in? And the answer is no, he's not going
5: to because they might disagree with him, right? You're, you're absolutely correct. One of the most stunning things that happened, so Scott Atlas was, you know, the guy Trump brought in in the fall of last year to sort of try to counterweight Fauci. And Fauci said publicly, he said, if Scott Atlas wants to talk to me, I'm happy to talk to him. We can have a scientific debate. Okay, that was in September. Flash forward four months to January 2021. Trump is on his way out. Biden's on his way in. Fauci does an interview, I think, with The Atlantic. And he says, I didn't give an, uh, a, you know, a, a, a dung about what Scott Atlas had to say. And that was because he knew that Scott Atlas couldn't touch him. So that was the truth about Tony Fauci. He had no interest in debating this stuff. This was, he was in charge, and he didn't want to hear from anybody who might disagree. You are totally correct.
2: It's not just Atlas. There's a whole group of them at Stanford. You you have uh Doctor Reich, who's a genius in many respects, who's yep. well regarded all over Jay the Matt world.
5: Chiraya. Yeah. Absolutely. But but what's amazing is that Scott Atlas was inside the government advising mm. the president and Tony Fauci didn't care.
2: It's uh, <laughs> How does a guy hang on for this long? You know, the bureaucracy is vicious. It's brutal. There's a lot of people who want to move up the ladder. You know, I worked in the Reagan administration for eight years. I saw it with my own two eyes. How does a bureaucrat, he's a bureaucrat, how does a bureaucrat hang on for four decades in this, in this major position? It's amazing to me. Is it not?
5: Well, well he's not, okay, let's be clear. He's not dumb. And he's very smart politically, and he was also very, very smart about something. If you were a reporter for the New York Times or the Los Angeles Times or the New Yorker or wherever, I'm talking about both during the HIV crisis and after, and you called Tony Fauci, he'd call you back. He'd be your best friend. He'd do your interview. And and he was charming, and so he understood the importance of the media. He understood the importance of having friends on both sides of the aisle. He fooled a lot of people for a long time
2: extremely political i uh, rich what was the name of the gentleman i interviewed on fox who was the editor of the science uh, section of the new york times for so many years do you remember his name
5: oh nicholas wade
2: let's let's get his uh, uh nicholas wade alex i had nicholas wade on my fox show and he was one of the ones that went about gaining function and he said look i can't say conclusively but the better argument certainly came out of the lab there's absolutely not a scintilla evidence it came from a mammal or anything else and he goes into this and he wrote this long, long piece. Yep. yep. And no, I had him on yep. it was in it was in May. The guy the guy's intellectually honest and and it's like he was ignored
5: by the New York Times. Yeah, where he he worked for many years. But look, here's the thing. I think the gain-of-function stuff, and I think Fauci's uh, lies and misstatements about that, have have convinced, have shown some people what he really is and who he really is. And so I do think, and I go into this in the book, that that's been very important. I mean, at this point, I don't even think most people think there's an argument. Everybody thinks that this was a lab accident at this point. And the real question is why Fauci didn't acknowledge that early on and why he tried to steer people away from questioning it. But that is just yet another of the misstatements that, you know, have been that we've, that we've seen over the last two years that have totally crippled confidence in public health. And, you know, as I, I, one of the, things I don't really go into it in pandemia, but for them to fix this, they need to be honest about the mistakes and honest about what they didn't know and what Mm -hmm. they got wrong. And that would be a start to getting people's confidence back, but they're not willing to do it.
2: That will take a new group of experts and doctors and scientists who replace some of these people, which is very, very tough to do in the Washington bureaucracy. The book is Pandemia. Pandemia. A coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives. I want to strongly encourage you. Go to Amazon.com. You can pick it up tonight. You'll get it tomorrow. It's, it's very, very well-priced, and it is loaded with important information. Alex, thank you, my friend. This is very, very important. I appreciate it. <laughs>
5: Mark, it's a great pleasure. Have a great
2: right. night. You too. Have a good weekend. This is a damn good book. But look, I'm vaccinated. I got the uh, booster. Oh, it's a booster. Like you're four years old. You need a booster, chair? But I got the booster. I've gotten everything. That doesn't mean you have to. What do I say? You can be pro-vaccine without being pro-tyranny. Firing people. Ignoring natural immunity ignoring religious exceptions, ignoring other medical maladies. Moreover, you're going to get rid of police when the murder rate is through the roof? What about that public health issue? We have people being killed willy-nilly. Like, the media don't even report on it unless there's some racial aspect to it. It's absolutely disgusting.
8: I'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin.
2: away by my calculation. 22 days away. In other words, it's around the corner. And we're still celebrating Hanukkah in the Jewish faith. Have you gotten your copy of American Marxism? You know it's still 50% off on Amazon, so Amazon is subsidizing effectively your purchase of this book. And it turns out if you're a prime member at Amazon, you get a, a coupon for another $1.25. So for you, American Marxism is $12.75. Now, it's not like Chris Christie's book that's $3. And Amazon's paying you to take it because, you know, it's filling a warehouse. This is the number one book of 2021. I know my colleagues in this broadcasting business are not going to tell you that. I know my brothers and sisters on TV are not going to tell you that. I know the enemy. The New York Slimes, the Washington Compost, and the other deviants and reprobates are not going to tell you that. So I'll tell you that. If I don't tell you that, you're not going to know. It's the number one book in 2021. I'm waiting for all the awards, Mr. Biduce. National Book Award, National This Award, National That. I haven't heard of any. And by the way, no bulk sales. Except you. Patriots, the American people. We did this, you did this, without Twitter, without Facebook, without Meet the Depressed, without This Week, with with the little fella, and without DeFace the Nation. We did it without any major newspaper doing an honest review, even a dishonest review. We did it without the networks. You did it. We want to spread the word one more big push this holiday season, and oddly enough, Jeff Bezos' Amazon makes it possible with this massive discount. Isn't that amazing? They make it possible with this massive discount. And by the way, maybe this weekend you're shopping. I cannot thank our retailers enough, and they have been slashing the price too. They want to move as much as they can. This is their big season. I want to thank Barnes & Noble and Walmart and Target. I want to thank Sam's Club and BJ's. I want to thank Books A Million and all the other retailers, the independents, who are out there with American Marxism, not hiding it in the back shelf and so forth. I want to thank them as well. This makes a difference. The way I view it, every book in the hand of a family member, a friend, a father, a mother, a grandmother, a grandfather, a child, grandchild. Or just somebody down the street is a potential, a potential convert or somebody who you will be able to reinforce their views who can assist us. Now's the time. They make it possible for us to do this. Please, please get your copies as quickly as possible. When we come back, Joe Biden is celebrating a disastrous economy. And they want you to believe They want you to believe that they've turned things around. And I'm thinking to myself, turn things around. From what? Earlier, Joe, they are destroying the economy. They are destroying our schools. They're destroying the border. They're destroying our finances. They're destroying our constitution. They're destroying our voting system. They're destroying our defenses. They're destroying law enforcement. But wait! They're turning it around! Stay with me. I'll be right back.
0: is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello,
2: America. This is our last hour of the week. I hope you'll stick with us. A lot to do, a lot to go puts down on the gas pedal you see what's happening to the economy you're feeling inflation you see jobs aren't getting filled you see shelves they're not all empty but they're emptier than they should be and prices are going through the roof i'll give you a perfect example this is a very minor thing but a minor thing is an important thing i go into a store it's called giant in uh Virginia, I like these giant stores, there's a lot of good stores, but I go into this one store, it's close to the house. And I'm looking around, because, you know, I'm doing the show, I want to get a feel for how things are going. And for some reason, I stopped at the wooden hangers, Mr. Producer. Because, like, about two months ago, I bought some wooden hangers. I think it was like, and off the top of my head, seven or ten for $7.49. I went back and I looked. The same wooden hangers were over $11. $11. You see the price of meat. You see the price, those of you who go to fast food and drive through, you see that it's not cheap anymore. A couple of months ago, I went to Taco Bell, they said, order whatever you want, but nothing with beef, because we don't have any beef. In the United States of America, Joe Biden has several answers for this. Big beef is out to screw you. Big Hanger is out to get you. The private sector is holding back, because they really don't want to make money and sell stuff. Like oil, there's the war on oil. The war on fossil fuels, but it's the oil companies that want to produce stuff, right? It's the oil companies, small, independent, large, multinational, whatever. All of them. What do they do? Under Trump's policies, America was energy independent. It's not only important for the economy, it's important for national security. Russia was choking because Trump shut off their pipeline. China's always choking on its own coal. We're in a perfect place. Now everything is turned upside down. Russia's got plenty of oil. It's selling it on the open market. Iran, because of what Biden's done there, is selling 500 million barrels of crude to communist China every day. And Iran was on its knees. Now we're on our knees. You lose good old American jobs, including union jobs, but non-union too. Men and women who work hard. They just don't happen to work in Washington, D.C. or the suburbs, so they'd be protected because, oh my God, we're going to have a government shutdown. And by the way, they never shut it down, did they? McConnell and the Republicans kept it open and sold out yet again. McConnell is a disaster. He's a disgrace. We've lost more liberty with him as the head of the Republicans in the Senate than any other time of my lifetime, and he's the longest-serving Republican leader. Why? Can he speak? No. Do he has any kind of ability to communicate with the American people? No. He's a hack. He's a hatchet man. He's a disgrace. And I've been saying this for years. Just like his buddy, uh, you know, uh, let's smoke a few Boehner. But you see the economy. This is a massive economy that should be really rolling now. It was rolling as we were pulling out of the pandemic under Trump. So they're reversing. Look, you can't attack capitalism. You can't attack the private sector and expect growth and production. You can't subsidize non-work and expect people to go to work. And this bill they want to push through with 50-50 in the Senate and a few creeps in the House. It's it's a massive effort at changing our economic system, changing our governing system, and changing our psychology as a nation. As a nation. Work hard and you'll succeed. No, somebody else work hard and give me money because I'm this, I'm that. Some kind of grievance, some kind of victim. And you know, these people that are like 28 years old, I want what's coming to me. What are you talking about? But the lies, the outright lies about the economy, you're experiencing it, you're living it, you know what I'm talking about. The lies that come out of this White House are unbelievable and then regurgitated and burped up by his media. Cut nine today. Go.
5: Go. This year, we can reflect on an extraordinary bit of progress. Our economy is markedly stronger than it was a year ago.
2: Clearly not the case. We were energy independent. We had no serious inflation. The record number of jobs that were being recreated. I felt like it was morning in America again under Trump. You could see people were... Well, people were acting like we're free again. We can live again. Go ahead.
5: Today, the incredible news that our unemployment rate has fallen to 4.2%. Our
2: unemployment rate fell to 4.2% from 4.5%. What does that mean? How
8: did that happen?
2: Do you know how many jobs were created last month according to Biden's government? Do you know how many? You know how many, right, Mr. Producer? 210,000. Now, I like to play this game. Divide that by 50 states. So it's about 4,000 people a state. Think about that. 210,000. We have more people pouring over this border illegal than we created jobs last month. Meanwhile, they say they're controlling the border... When hundreds of thousands of people come in here illegally and when two hundred and ten thousand jobs are created, they celebrate it. Now those jobs were created by the private sector. But the private sector is shackled. The private sector has an anchor around its neck. The private sector is anticipating massive taxation, massive redistribution of wealth. A massive IRS that has as its purpose to harass Americans, whether you be an employer or employee, whether you be blue collar or white collar, whether you be union or non union. That's what's in store. They see it. They want to attack capital investment, research and development, which is the heart and soul of our economic system. They want to make it impossible for the oil industry to survive, massively increasing the price of federal leases, driving up the cost of fuel yet more. To you. To you, And you know, one of the things I've never quite understood. New England is one of the most left-wing parts of our country. Even the republics are left-wing. Susan Collins and so forth. And they have the worst winters. It's cold. A lot of snow, sometimes blizzards. It is cold. Cold, I said. And yet they elect politicians who oppose fossil fuels. Look what comes out of Massachusetts, this guy Markey. A free case. Absolute free case. Look what comes out of New Hampshire. Look what comes out of Maine. Just go right down the New England states. They elect people who drive up the cost of home heating oil. Who drive up the cost of propane because a lot of these areas are in rural areas. Who drive up the cost of electricity and natural gas. They elect people who make their lives miserable. Go figure. It's hard to explain, isn't it? So Biden thinks this is incredible. Incredible. Donald Trump, under his economy, was creating 210,000 jobs in its sleep. So we're now celebrating failure. They are subsidizing, subsidizing laziness. They are subsidizing the welfare state. They're changing the psychology of the American people. They're hooking people onto big government like you hook people onto onto deadly drugs. And they've only just begun with this next bill that they want to pass trillions and trillions of dollars over the course of a decade. Family leave. They have all kinds of cool names. Family leave. What is that? Okay, you get four months off. Well, why? Because I want it. Why should you get that? Uh, Because I had a kid. Well, I mean, we've had kids in this country a long time. In fact, in the whole world, you don't get subsidized for having kids get to stay home. Oh, yes, I do. Why? It's my right. That's what we're creating, that mentality. I just want to remind you, Barry Goldwater once said, the same government that has the power to give you something has the power to take everything from you. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin.
2: Actually, we haven't talked lately, but he's still a friend of mine. And he's, a, he's a friend of my son, Chase. Adam Baldwin, not to be confused with the reprobate, Alec Baldwin. Adam Baldwin has been a great actor. He's a solid conservative. He's all over social media and uh, just a terrific, terrific guy. Adam Baldwin, how are you, my friend?
6: Hi, Mark. Happy Hanukkah.
2: Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Now.
6: Thank you very much.
2: Let's talk about Alec baldwin in this gun issue you're an actor you've had to play various roles and so forth over the course of your career tell us what you think of his interview tell us what you think of what he said about the gun i mean honestly obviously i'm not an actor but i would take a gun and uh, and i don't know if this is right or not i would shoot it into the ground first of all to make sure it's empty or at least look into the chamber do something but tell me about how this is supposed to work
6: the main element of this situation first of all it's absolutely horrific and a tragedy that helena hutchins was killed by this guy. did you shot. know
2: her by the way
6: i did not yeah. um but, but you by know all her. accounts all accounts she was a wonderful person and wow. uh, an innocent victim um the screen actors guild and uh, after a sag after which of which i believe you are a member
2: unfortunately <laughs> yes i am <laughs>
6: <laughs> Welcome aboard. Thank you. Uh, it issues what are called safety bulletins from the National Stunt and Safety Department, um, and in the main safety bulletin, they have different uh, issues with machinery and whatnot. But they specifically talk about firearms, and it says anyone handling a weapon shall receive the proper training and know all operating features and safety devices. And they will have a um, a safety meeting with the uh, prop master and um, the armorer uh, when they begin a production. If they're they're to be handling it, they're required to do it. They shall have these safety meetings. They shall know all of the uh, operating functions and safety functions of the weapon they're to be using. Now, he knows this, and um, he's been in the business as long as I have, 40 years. He's had a gun in his hand very often probably not as much as I have but very often and Mm -hmm. he didn't check the weapon he didn't follow the four main rules of firearm safety always treat every gun as 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 if it's loaded never put your finger on the trigger uh, until you're ready to uh, destroy your target and um, never point it at anything you're not willing to destroy and know whatever is behind your target the background so it doesn't go through and through to someone else had he had he not violated any of those first three, this wouldn't have happened. But he violated all of them, and he didn't check the weapon that was handed to him and clear it before putting it up on target and uh, shooting Helena Hutchins.
2: So Adam Baldwin, even what Alec Baldwin said to George Stephanopoulos is no defense at all, then, according to the rules of the Union, Correct.
6: It's worse than that. He literally confessed, albeit unwittingly, he confessed to dropping the hammer with its firing pin down upon the primer in the back of the cartridge that holds the bullet. He admitted and confessed to George Stephanopoulos that he dropped the hammer on that cartridge, sending that bullet down the barrel towards his target.
2: And what is this for 45 minutes or so he thought she fainted? There'd be blood there would be screaming. There would be witnesses. That doesn't make any sense either, does it?
6: No, he was confused and all over the place. Obviously, what, what supersedes this is New Mexico state law, as any state law would. Uh, in, in the safety bulletin from SAG and AFTRA, it states that all state laws supersede, uh, or trump, if you will, uh, the safety uh, protocols and regulations. But in, in this one specific uh, New Mexico criminal law, uh, it says, involuntary manslaughter involves a killing that occurs while a defendant is engaging in a lawful but dangerous activity without exercising due caution and circumspection. Mm. So he didn't intend to kill her or shoot her. Right. It wasn't with malice aforethought. It wasn't a murder, but this was, by New New Mexico criminal law, involuntary manslaughter.
2: And his answer is somebody gave... And he, admit, gave, yeah, and he admitted
6: to it. Yeah. He admitted to it. Yeah.
2: And he says somebody gave me a gun with a with, a, with a live round. And what you're saying is okay. that fine, and that ought to be pursued, and we ought to find out who did that, because they've obviously violated state law, let alone the, the union requirements. But that doesn't help when it comes to Alec Baldwin, who had independent responsibilities, you're saying.
6: That's right. He's required to know all the safety protocols of the specific weapon in his hand. He's required to be trained in doing that. And if he has any questions, he admitted to being trained to George Stephanopoulos by the armorer. And if that training session wasn't to his satisfaction, because, again, the context isn't he's just this young guy with a gun in his hand for the first time. He's done it dozens and dozens and dozens of times over decades in the business. So the context is, well, okay, I'm not quite familiar with this weapon. Let's work on it a little more. He didn't do that. So he's like, no, I got it. I, I'm good. I'm good. That's negligence.
2: That's negligence. This looks like a lawyer's uh, paradise, you know. Uh, now, George Stephanopoulos, I have to admit, I didn't watch this interview. George Stephanopoulos, mm-hmm. do you know if he made any reference to the SAG rules?
6: You know, I I wondered about that myself. Obviously, he has a crack investigative staff. He's the head of uh, a major news organization, the news department uh, there on uh, television. He certainly has a staff that could have picked it up for him. He may not have done his due diligence, but it's readily available on uh, New Mexico's uh, law sites, and Mm -hmm. it's readily available at SAG and AFTRA's websites. They could have easily gotten it. He may have wanted to steer clear of that. Uh, for legal reasons, not getting into the legalese of it, so I, I can't fault him for that. What he did do was he allowed Alec to become comfortable in the interview enough to the point where he literally confessed to dropping the hammer on the round on on national television.
2: And by the way, he almost blames the victim. As I watched one of these clips,
6: and, and well, I thought, blames,
2: that, yeah, go ahead.
6: He blamed he blamed quote someone. He used the term. Someone, several times in that interview, it's not him, it's someone else is responsible. Someone, when I was younger, told me that uh, you're never supposed to check the weapon yourself, that the actor's never supposed to do that. And, and i got to tell you, Mark, one of the most outrageous things was when this first happened, this armorer, uh, who I don't know, uh, the armorer profession is a great profession, many law enforcement, former law enforcement, active duty law enforcement and part-time and former military act as armorers on these sets are qualified with weapons of all kinds from all levels automatic all the way down to the simplest revolver they dragged her through the media mud is there was a fast reaction pr firm uh that was trying to protect his butt and they dragged her through the mud pointing all the fingers at her when he was the one that pulled the trigger Now, it reminded me of when Carville said, you know, you drag a dollar through the trailer park, you Mm -hmm. want to pick up some whatever trash it is. Uh, They Monica lewinsky this this armorer, and it's disgusting.
2: And yet, he meets with her husband in what is said to be, maybe it's planted in the media, how would we know, a very, very tearful meeting. This family, this husband's without a wife, and she has a young son who's now without a mother. Adam, uh, can you hang around for one more segment?
6: Yes, sir.
2: Happy to All right. Adam Baldwin, the good Baldwin. No, he's not related to Alec. I'll be right back.
0: When Mark Levin was a kid, his teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811 I'm
2: looking at uh, news article here is in the la- uh, in the last few hours Adam Baldwin titled <coughs> excuse me titled something like celebrities rally around Alec Baldwin uh-huh. not all celebrities you know you're raising questions uh, John Schneider remember Dukes of Hazard other people are raising questions too it's not about rallying around George Clooney. George Clooney, you're right. Yeah. It's not about rallying around uh, Alec Baldwin. The me, the way the media treat this, we have a deceased individual who was shot on a set by another individual who didn't follow protocol. Right. What do you make of the rallying around Alec Baldwin and the politics of that?
6: Well, you're, you wrote American Marxism, and... Looking forward to reading that, sir. And uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the term partenost, the old Soviet term, party first. And uh, Alex, a good party apparatchik, so those in the party are rallying around him. Although I will say I've noticed some indications that that those alliances, allegiances may be cracking. Uh, he didn't do himself any favors by invoking the names of Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise and Meryl Streep in his interview as sort of a sympathetic woe is me. I don't get to be in big movies with famous, wonderful actors anymore. Uh, I don't know how they would react, but I sure wouldn't want him invoking my my name if I were those guys in his interview in that context. And then CNN was doing a demonstration of the weapon and how it couldn't have fired the way Mm -hmm. he explained it. So there may be cracks in the armor there. Um, Why why I'm so passionate about this is because he and I have both been in the business long enough to remember when Jason Lee was killed by uh, a negligent discharge, an accidental negligent discharge, whatever you want to call it. It's not an accident. This is a negligent discharge. The weapon was not cleared. Therefore, it's negligence or recklessness. And that happened back in the 90s. And he knew it then. And this is why all of these safety protocols became so strict and observed so carefully for so many decades that... This is so rare that only someone being negligent and not following the rules and the protocols that are required—only someone doing that could have had this happen to them. It's
2: a very interesting point because as you went through the protocols, I thought to myself, "How do you screw this up?" In other words, they are so stringent. There's so many steps to it. How do you wind up with a live bullet in a chamber? I mean, it's almost—it—it it seems almost. Well, it's obviously not an impossibility. It happened, but. It's something that only happens if you're absolutely, not just negligent, but absolutely reckless.
6: Well, it's like someone, I, I had this exercise with a neighbor earlier. I, was, I had the end of my coffee cup. I was on my walk, and I have a lid on my coffee cup. And I said, um, can I just open up my coffee cup here and throw it at you without you looking to see if there's any coffee in it? You know, mm-hmm. she, said, no. she said, no, it'll stain my sweater. I said, it's mm-hmm. the same principle. It's the same principle. You have to look inside the weapon to make sure that the dummy rounds, if it was loaded with dummy rounds, which are inert and cannot fire, they're merely for decorative purposes. If the, if that's what they are, you check those. If it's um, clear and empty, great. You show the people you're aiming it at. The weapon, you're rehears- it was a rehearsal for Crying Out Loud, and he was aiming it at crew members uh, off camera.
8: Mm-hmm. And
6: there were, he was surrounded by crew members so this is absolute 100% negligence. How the, how the actual live round got on the property, I don't know. That's a separate issue. The main issue begins when he dropped the hammer. He aimed and dropped the hammer on that weapon. That's the crime. That's the main crime. Everything else is uh, secondary. You're, you're, I, would put, I would ask you to put your, your legal hat on and say, what the hell are his lawyers thinking mm-hmm. when he goes out and does this interview? Well, we, what,
2: uh, I don't know why, because I guess they think it's, uh, they're going to influence a jury or something, but uh, well. it's a very reckless strategy, and not only that, I guess the strategy is going to be to blame somebody else, but uh, the prosecutors will have to keep bringing it back to, uh, to the point that you mentioned. Here's the other thing. Hmm. I don't remember who it was. I wish I did. I'd give them full credit. Somebody said, ask Alex Baldwin if he were to put a gun to his head. -hmm. Would he just pull the trigger, or would he look in the barrel and make sure there's no bullet in there? I think that's a pretty damn good question, don't you?
6: Sure, Uh, absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. And pointing it at someone else is just just as bad. Mm -hmm. Killing yourself, killing someone else—they're just just as bad. Um, It's it's all right. Let me ask you this. this,
2: this Let me ask you this. You're a terrific actor. You have a big following. There's a lot of us who think you're absolutely magnificent. Do you think your political views have had have had an effect on your career as well?
6: Probably with some people, but you know, here's the, here's the thing about Hollywood, it's it reflects America as as a, as a whole. When you think of all the rank and file people working in the business, the team from the teamster. I'm not talking about the union bosses. I'm not talking about the heads of departments. I'm talking about the grunts on the ground the mm-hmm. people that get their paycheck on friday or saturday or thursday or friday look at it and see all those taxes taken on. where are those taxes going they wonder i'm working 50 60 70 sometimes 80 hours a week mm-hmm. and i'm taking home less money than i would if i worked 40 or 50 hours a week slinging hash at uh, at a local eatery so but they love the business and they're salt of the earth and they just want to be left alone mark they want government out of their lives. They want busybodies out of their lives. They want to be free.
2: But we don't they hear want to, from these want people. To, we only hear from the well,
6: other. No, well, yeah, because, again, the left is totalitarian. They will, they will cut you off at your knees. The right is not, because they'll listen to an argument, and if they think it's ridiculous, they'll argue it, and then eventually just laugh at you. It's like, that's stupid. I'm not even going to worry about you. Just get back to work. Mm-hmm. So the, the right is more, way more tolerant than the left.
2: Yeah, we're not out to crush uh, people who disagree with us unless they're out to crush us. You're like a social media warrior and a social media wise man, I think. I'm not a big social uh, media I, guy, but uh, I notice this from time to time.
6: Well, you quit Twitter, so uh, I just, right. I'm i one of the le- one of the last few outposts there that hasn't been banned. I, th- I think I'm shadow banned and uh, mm-hmm. throttled back a little bit. But, you know, when they kick me off, they kick me off.
8: All
2: right, my brother. Thank you very much. My best to your entire family, Amy, and everybody else. And take care of yourself. Merry Christmas to you.
6: Thank you. You two, Say a prayer for the Hutchins.
2: Yes. God bless. You be well. The great WABC, Diane in New- Wait a minute. WHAM, I'm sorry. Uh, Diane in New York, the great WHAM. How are you?
4: Oh,
1: Mark. Oh, fantastic. Just getting through to you. You are my man. I would like to Uh make a comment about this Alec Baldwin situation. Yes. Okay. How many movies has this man been in where he has handled guns? One that comes to my mind is The Hunt for Red October. I remember
2: that movie, one one of my favorites. Yes.
1: Yes. You would be the man to physically be able to visualize.
2: I don't mind spending five or ten minutes on this, but I, while this country is under attack from within, and while the enemies are aligning from without, and our liberties are at stake, I cannot bring myself to do an entire show on Alec Baldwin. I know other hosts are doing it. Good for them. I had just never been that way, whether it's radio, TV, or anything else.
1: Yes, here's the question on Gunsmoke, Cheyenne, or the High Chaparral, have there ever been any accidents? The you answer know, this is, is a no.
2: tremendous point you're raising. A tremendous point. Clint Walker was a friend of ours, friend of mine, friend of the show. You know, they're they're in real serious movies, right? The Dirty Dozen, you're right. Cheyenne yeah, <clears throat> have Gunsmoke that went on for over 20 years. Bonanza, the Virginian, the Rifleman. Nobody gets killed that we're aware of. And here we have Alec Baldwin. Now, good lawyers, good lawyers who see dollar signs, they're going to go after him civilly. This is where he's going to spend most of his life. And the prosecutors are going to go after him, too. He's not a sympathetic figure. Certainly not after that interview. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin.
2: You know, the sad thing is, Alec Baldwin has some really good movies and really good TV shows. But he leads with his chin when it comes to politics. He's obviously uh, a guy who's out of control, very angry man. Uh, he tries to be the actor the little guy, as so many on the left do, but he really despises the little guy, looks down on the little guy, quote-unquote. Remember the parking disputes he gets into and in something? If, if you're a rational human being... If you're a public figure, you don't do stuff like that. Now, I'm no Alec Baldwin, and I'm not that famous, but I don't do stuff like that. Why would I? Try and be nice to people. Try and be nice to people who come, you know, who you see. Now, I don't like people who somehow get my phone number and call me and so I'm like, that. that's different. Or when I'm eating, they, like, breathe into my right ear, uh, you know, ear, or talk into my left nostril. That's a different thing. I like my space, but I'm saying... Somebody comes up. Hi, Mr. Lincoln, We take, of course, of course. And I prefer to be called Mark, by the way. If you see me, absolutely. Now, those of you who are listening to this show, tape delayed. Those of you who are listening to this show. On our wonderful podcast, we have a wonderful weekend show. The best of every Saturday, right, Mr. Producer? Eight a.m. Last time I checked, that's in the morning. 8 a.m. Saturday morning, and you can listen to it constantly. But Mr. Producer puts the best of together, and we thought you'd enjoy that as a treat. So uh, check that out. Now, ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, in your honor, no matter what, we play America. Here we go for you. week is over the weekend begins right now please don't forget 8 p.m eastern time on fox life liberty and live in part two of my exclusive interview with president trump the long form interview style where he gets to speak he makes a number of profound comments and the monologue me it is a killer please check it out please don't forget your copies of american marxism you're never going to see them discounted like this again at uh, amazon We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, all the wonderful puppies that have been in our lives. God bless you all, and I miss you all. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. And good night, America.